0: Hello and welcome back to episode forty five of y Comics. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen, and I'm Jen. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Yay! Hooray! We're back. We're back. We're consistent this time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how's everybody doing? What's going on? I'm doing well. This is Kristen. I'm doing good too. This is Jen. Yes, loving loving today. It looks really good outside, it's nice very and nice. sunny. Oh my
1: God, it's a miracle that it is <laughs> that that warm.
0: You got us Southern California people over here with
2: ice on our cars and snow <laughs> and I don't know what, and I do not know how to handle myself. I thought we were gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, any like when they
1: said that it was snowing in um, um, West Hollywood and West the Las H- yeah. Vegas Strip, yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah. It's I was been just all like, Oh my God, the, the polar vortex is here (laughs) even though that's not how it works that was like my immediate thought and I was just like i'm like i know i'm being over dramatic but i have to be
2: i was just like snow day do i get to stay
0: home I wish, but the <laughs> oh snow God. play has been fun. And uh, per my friend, uh, per my cousin who went to um, high school, I mean, went to college in the East Coast in Pennsylvania. She said, um, everybody knew who came from California <laughs> because they didn't go out to play in the snow. <laughs> so that was that was something I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I do when it snows. I go up to Big Bear and take the kids and stuff. Um, so now that there's snow in Mount Baldy, I might just go there instead of the two hour drive, just the one hour drive. So, we're going to go on to choose me the lesson on Jen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, the New York Toy Fair of 2019 happened uh, a couple weeks ago on February 17th. And um, uh, for those that don't know, DC has a line called DC Bombshells that was um, uh, first uh, variant covers mm-hmm. for uh, their comics. But apparently, they did well enough that they decided to do one, a comic book series about them, but also collectibles about them. And this is called Of course, DC Bombshells. And it was announced that DC Collectibles is doing a retro interpretation of death from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And. (laughs) Yeah. It was. So. The physical representation of death appears in a nurse's uniform. In her hands, she holds her trademark umbrella and a syringe. So, very wow, very 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 apt. And yes. so, like the bombshells itself takes place in the forties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. Was, it's strangely apt yeah. how they did that. That she's that she's a nurse and she's holding a syringe and stuff like that. And so, like she looks cute. L- death is very pretty. Yeah. Um. um And then I feel, I feel like an edgy teen saying that, (laughs) 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 but, um, um, but I, it's, it's, uh, it's very nice. And I like it a lot because she has, she has on her cape and she has the syringe and she's
2: holding, Her umbrella, but it's also so morbid. We will have to share a picture of it because they do share um, a rendition uh, of it. And one of the Mm. cool things that I I read about it too um, was that she had. If you look really closely, the eye of Horus is visible in her right cheek. Yes, what? Nice,
1: like in the comics. So if you like, so this is just like they're going very detailed. She still has her silver onk uh with her and so it's it it's it looks very very nice and they are 100% hustling me because <laughs> so, I'm I, I really like it and I'm gonna buy it
0: you know when I heard the uh, bombshells and death I was like it just doesn't uh, add up to me, I felt like maybe they were gonna do it a, di- a an injustice or injustice, a, uh-huh. uh-huh. a disservice, a disservice. Uh-huh. And maybe I was picturing in my head Lady Death, which oh. I do not like. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then, um, then I remembered the ladies here reminded me, "Hey, it's in the 1950s, and if mm-hmm. you remember." So they showed me a picture, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board."
2: Honestly, I read DC Bombshells and was so ready to hate it.
0: Wow. And
2: I it was uh, for a book club and I was really pleasantly surprised at how much I didn't hate it and mm-hmm. how uh, awesome the story was. I never yeah. have gone further in reading, but um, from other pe- people that I've talked to, they actually say that um, it's really good. It stays consistent. So if you haven't read DC Bombshells, I definitely recommend it.
0: Well, I'm yeah, definitely going to go back and read them because um I I really like how their um their statues are looking and mm-hmm. especially this one with the nurse's uniform and the attention to detail. I'm like really nice, really cool. I, I have yeah. a Batwoman bombshell statue um
2: on oh, my mantel. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. I love it because yeah. <laughs> you're like
1: she's in a baseball uniform
2: yes, and she has like a, bat. A, a league of their own baseball right. uniform. Yeah, yes. uh-huh.
0: I, actually, uh, I think at uh, what was it uh, Free Comic Book Day at Heidi Ho, one of the uh, people who dressed up dressed up as Oh the bomb yes, show, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Bat Woman, and uh-huh. I thought it was cool. I was like, Oh my God, you look so great! Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, what does one of these statues run you up about cost wise? I would say probably about one fifty yeah that's my
2: mm. guess. I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. they
1: are actually yeah they're they can be pretty expensive. I think their most expensive one was about three hundred dollars Wow but wow. i that,
0: I think that was the Harley one. oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. a very popular one, yeah mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are really hardcore Harley fans.
2: I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I would honestly not be surprised if they put a heavy price tag on this one. Yeah, because she is a popular character, and um, um and She's just a they strong know. following for sure. My gosh, her.
2: we had the. Um, Dream and Death bookends in the shop for the longest time, the longest time, mm-hmm. and I wanted them so badly. Yeah, They're so amazing. They're so like oh, they're just and the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And I think we had it also priced for like 150 or something, and now like on the um the secondary market, they're so expensive. So yeah. but they're so I that's they on my so nice. that's on my uh, list of things that I would like to own someday
0: (laughs) kind of i gotta go back and uh Mm -hmm. to my shelves and dust off that whole that all uh all those uh nice dream sandman statues that i have
1: (laughs) yeah so that is um that is what came out of the toy fair at least one of the more exciting ones yeah they also announced um uh, a mary marvel um a bombshell statue as well that they released the concept art of but they haven't hmm. actually physically made and then for those that don't know the Funko Pop is now finally making Pokemon pops oh really wow. yes okay. that came out in the, that that was some big oh, news that God. happened the children
2: and will come yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i i know there's like some rights issues and stuff like that uh that's why a lot of anime yeah. um uh, stuff doesn't get made into funko pops and they're slowly trying to like work their way through that but pokemon was one of the ones that we got questions for mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and uh i guess um who owns pokemon is it just pokemon itself is it Nintendo? oh i don't know
0: actually I don't mm.
1: care. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I do their cute, but you just, know I'm just, over Just oh wait, just Pokemon. Yeah. I guess Pokemon finally worked out a deal with Funko and they are they are um uh, releasing those pops and they are adorable.
0: I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I'm only like I have I had to like stop myself and just be like oh my god i'm gonna collect them all because <laughs> one i do not have enough finances to collect them all and number two that is 100
0: percent them hustling me um, yes absolutely i mean <laughs> do you take them out of the box do you keep them in the box Why oh do i take I them out i keep
2: you know. them in the box but they're not as cute and
0: some right? of them are so cute i know no.
2: i know I don't
0: there's get
1: it. yeah okay there's some that i keep in the box but that's because i'm lazy <laughs> 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 but for the ones that i really like and i just like can't wait to get my hands on them i immediately open them so like like it's i th- i personally think that funko pops are definitely a beanie baby kind of thing and oh one, my day God, I gonna, know. one day it's gonna one day their their market value the bubble's gonna pop yeah the bubble's <laughs>
2: gonna pop but as of right now i personally think they're cute i was going to say mm-hmm. even if it pops all the best for me because then I can just scoop them all up for 25 cents at yard sales. Yep. Mm-hmm. True. True. Th- because that's where all the beanie babies are. But there's some hardcore beanie baby collectors that are still like holding on to dear life. How much your beanie babies, miss? $20. I'm oh, like, wow. okay, lady. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. quiz is
0: over. Yeah. <laughs> Put the beanie baby down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. It's that time again. Kristen, lead us into. Greatness.
2: It's time for La Hora de la Cervecita.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's better the second time around. (laughs) And what are we drinking?
2: Today, we are drinking something very special and close to our hearts because it was donated to our segment by Jandro Gamboa, as you will know from uh, Monty Gomez is the luchador fame. And he um, donated us a beer from the Santa Maria Brewing Company. And we're drinking Santa Maria Motra Blood Orange IPA, and it is is um ooh it is an american ipa um their description of the beer says we add blood oranges to this bright and refreshing west coast style IPA during secondary fermentation ensuring a bold punch of citrus flavor lofty late kettle and drop hop additions of citra and mosaic provide even more bright citrus character so um, it comes in 12 ounce and 22 ounce bottles you can get a keg of it and it's always on tap and it is a 7.2 AB and they have pairing recommendations. It says enjoy with chicken, pork, and lamb as well as citrus desserts and lemon tart. So that sounds very promising. And Santa Maria Brewing Company has been around since 1994 and it says that there, the best little brewery nobody knew about um it's Oops. the best camp secret for those traveling up and down highway 101 in california and is this the one the hondra says that he is
0: part he, like he, owner of or yeah he, he, he uh, contributed to or something yeah i think it's a kind of a membership kind of deal oh that's right yeah okay. and he can actually get like uh growlers filled for a lot less than the regular price mm-hmm. and uh, so he's there all the time so it's freaking awesome so he's (laughs) he has like the discount and the no of all the releases and stuff so that's how come he always shares this beer with us Mm -hmm. but this was actually um a share he did uh, a beer share he did at Heidi Cole comics with Jen and myself Mm -hmm. and um Bernice who is the artist and he brought this beer and um we tasted it and we're like oh my god this is delicious and then um he said, "Well, I brought another one. You can keep it so you can share it with Kristen." Cuz Kristen wasn't oh, at that's the right, cause it, cause it I was, wasn't there. Yeah, she wasn't at the signing. Um so he said that he had never seen anyone so happy to get beer. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as he said that, my I I felt like I smiled like one of those like uh you know, um animations where their mouth just gets all big and happy with the teeth. That was me. Yeah, oh Like God. and the stars in my eyes. That was so me cuz I mm-hmm. love I loved it. Okay, so so
2: you both have had this before. Yes, so I wanted,
0: we wanted to share it on the podcast because, Kristen, I wanted your first reaction, but I already know I love it. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, it's definitely very... You can smell the blood oranges. There is this uh, little comic book called um, Little Vampires that I first came across at San Diego Comic-Con years and years ago, and I really love vampires and vampire lore and, and stuff, and so that really was cute to me, and one of the cutest things about the vampires in the little vampire story is that they do not drink blood they drink blood of orange they drink blood oranges that's their (laughs) favorite thing yes and so um and it is so cute and the little blood oranges have like little fang holes in them because they go out to to drink to uh drain the juice of the blood oranges so anyway every time i I hear or think about or see blood oranges, I think of little vampires. <laughs> so. that's, that's really cute. <laughs> that is really cute. So um, I am looking forward to tasting this. And let me take my first sip.
0: So initially when you opened the bottle, because it, it it was given to us in a bottle format, mm-hmm. um, you could immediately smell the aromas of oranges. Yeah.
1: Yes. it's um, I, Honestly, when I smell this, it's, it smells like uh, when i was in guatemala in the or among the orange ama um, uh, trees oh wow yeah. in among the orange groves and the, that's what the blossoms hung yeah. yeah that's what it reminds me of and so when i smelled it then that's what i really liked the first time when we drank it and when we drank it again when i got the smell of it i was just like oh,
0: it's I really good yeah, mm-hmm. it is so good and it, um this has a little tartiness finish um with mm-hmm. an initial a tiny bit of sweetness But a whole lot of citrus. Yes. And um, I think it shows the way they brewed it. I
2: taste the peel a lot,
0: actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's where the tartness comes from, I think. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. But it's a very, very distinct orange, blood orange flavor that Mm -hmm. you get. I really like it. I do, too. Mm -hmm. It's really good. This is really good.
0: Well, thank you, Handro. This is an amazing beer. And I loved it the first time, and I love it even more the second time. Oh, man.
2: Yeah. We're going to have to
0: <laughs> do a road trip up to Santa Maria to
2: get more of this.
0: <laughs> Absolutely agreed. Oh, my God. So, I i mean, it doesn't really take that long to get, like, initial, like, um, um, kind of like a, an idea of what you're going to rate this. So, are we ready <laughs> to rate it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is Sarah, and I'm going to go full. Full is five out of six. <laughs> no. Oh my god i still uh, need, i need help guys four can, out of five four, four out, of out, five out of five, five. is full
2: rigid is five out of five okay yeah. super saiyan
0: is six out of five i'm gonna go rigid then definitely okay. rigid this is perfect mm. i love oranges blood oranges are one of my favorite fruits Um, and this is why oranges by definition come in their own package (laughs) they come in bite-sized pieces so you can share with friends so that is by far my favorite fruit blood oranges are just like an icing on yes so for for me to have this in a beer format that just it's amazing to me so that's my rating and you know who loves blood oranges Little vampire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kristen, and I also give it a rigid. I really liked it a lot, and you know the the rind, uh, the peel, is not my favorite part of beer. <laughs> I mean, of oranges. So the fact that I uh, it tastes like peel to me, and I like it, it actually I think says a lot about um, the yumminess factor of this beer. So mm-hmm. definitely a five out of five for me, and I highly recommend it. And this is not the first beer we've had from this brewery.
0: I don't think right uh no every time he comes down and he, he brings, wants, a, he new brings a new yeah. type of, yes well i
2: don't think we've had not um, the blood orange
0: one no uh, no i'm saying
2: i don't think we've had a bad one yet so no, we no yeah. i think the, we liked all of them
0: yeah and the other one we tasted was we tasted that when las platicas with henry barajas oh okay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that was the beer that broke my cup oh that's <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, they, they're they very good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely true. It's the brewery that nobody knew existed. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice kept secret. But it's really good. It's really yeah. surprisingly, mm-hmm. amazingly good.
1: I am mm. kind of stuck between a rigid and a full. Because there's a little bit of that hoppy aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And I'm not fond of it. But I really like yeah. the blood orange taste of it. And I, re- I do like the... The peel um um and how it adds more citrus yeah. to it. So I'm gonna go with a full. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, but I do like it a lot. It's it's good. A full is a four out of five.
0: Yes. So that's rave reviews, guys. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, and so now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today?
2: Today we are reviewing a book that I has been uh, actually something that I've been wanting to read since I heard about it in 2017. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, Seriously. it's like 2019.
2: Well, it mm-hmm. hadn't come out yet. Oh, but okay, should, uh, w- there was, um, at the Santa Monica Public Library, there was a an event that they sponsored called Women of Marvel. Okay, And um. Actually, was it Women of Marvel or just Women in Comics? I don't remember. It was Women of Marvel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there were uh, there was a panel of women and Marguerite Bennett was there and a couple of others that I don't remember. But one of the women that was there was Cecil Castellucci mm-hmm. and she talked about this book that she was working on and um, it's called Soupy Leaves Home. And this book actually she worked on for like five years. So mm. and
0: actually shows. But go on. I'm sorry. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to, I wanted to actually touch into that. But go ahead. I'm yeah. So yeah.
2: So she talked about this book that um, was about a young girl who basically left her home behind and um, jumped the train and basically became a hobo and rode the rails.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, my god i need to read this book because as a little young kristen (laughs) um, and you guys will see when you come to visit my hometown um my grandmother fyi um lives a block away from the train tracks which Mm -hmm. means that Every single time the train goes by, the whole entire house shakes, even when they go by at three o'clock in in the morning.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm excited about that. Oh,
2: my God. And as a little girl, I used to go and watch the train go by and fantasize about... Where that train could take me and traveling away from whatever it was, my, you know, my demons and monsters and stuff that that I had as a little girl and just escaping it all. And so when I heard the premise of this book, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to read this. And so when it finally came out, I was like, we need to we need to to do this on the podcast. And it's. A female writer, she, you know, definitely um, fits into that category. But unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize it's actually a Latinx uh, artist. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Jose um, Pimienta is uh, the artist and he actually, um, he was born in the Inland Empire, uh, no. or no, in the <laughs> Imperial Valley, I guess kind of same, but he was raised in Mexicali
0: wow yeah. Nice, uh-huh. interesting yeah nice yeah excellent
1: that's a that's a nice this uh i guess this captures everything this podcast is about yeah <laughs> dude
0: this just encompassed the whole thing yeah, I love it. yeah.
1: not only that um uh, i think the and a whole- strong
0: female character as a lead mm-hmm. yes yeah.
1: mm-hmm. not only that um um I feel like as kids we've all had that kind of daydream of either running away from home yeah. or like joining the circus yeah. or to
2: become a hobo and stuff like that and traveling. One one Halloween I actually that I mean I know this is not politically correct and is very socially insensitive but I dressed up as a oh
0: hobo. Oh my god. <laughs> oh.
2: With a little pack on my stick and everything. Oh my <laughs> god.
0: that's so cute i could see little Kristen just walking around like i think my mom probably has a
2: picture
0: (laughs) i would love to see that that is so good with little patches and stuff (laughs) oh that's (laughs) so cute (laughs) like
1: straight out of a cartoon
2: (laughs) but the fact that there was so much um that cecil did so much um like Research on mm-hmm. hobo. I, I don't know what's the term like, hobo. Transient. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, hobo uh, uh, culture. There you yes. go. Yes. On hobo culture and just like back in the um, when did this take place? Like in the forties. Like in the thirties. Thirties. Is during the depression era. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, during the suffragette uh, well, movement. Well, actually, yeah, they were. Uh, she was saying that. Um, this takes place, uh, or was it even in the story where they mentioned that the vote had happened, uh, 10 years earlier? Mm-hmm. So I don't remember where I read it, if it was Cecil in an interview who said that or that I read it in the book, but, um, w- there's just so many things going on here. The fact that, um, that Soupy, whose real name is Pearl, um, Leaves home and understands gender um, at the time that she cannot leave home and travel as a girl. Mm-hmm. That she has to change her appearance and present herself as a boy, boy. so that mm-hmm. she can survive. I mean, okay. that, that's very... Like, aware. Uh, yeah, very, very aware. And um, I I just... There's so much amazing things to say about the story, about the art, just about everything. But I don't want to usurp the the review. So <laughs> Sarah, why don't you take tell us what you thought?
0: Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that you said it took so many years in order to complete the story, it makes sense because there was a lot of research done. From what I saw, just reading it. I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't read any backstory, but the tran- uh, the symbols of the hobo mm-hmm. that they left on certain places, like houses and such, like dangerous move on or you know like little symbols that tell you you know mm. you, you'll get a warm meal yeah. or people are friendly or stuff like that I thought that was really cool there's I didn't know that was a secret cups. language yeah, yeah secret language yeah, yeah. Mm um <clears throat> there's a living uh way of living code like a code of mm-hmm. how you you're supposed to live like there are certain things that they hold like they they have kind of an honor code right mm-hmm. yeah there was uh, a
1: little note that said like uh, like um, uh, taken from like when they were explaining the yeah, code to yeah. soupy that it was taken from the 1880s mm-hmm. uh hobo convention i was just like there's what? conventions
0: <laughs> 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 they have trials too yeah. apparently yeah so that was really interesting to me also um just the, their story. Uh, not stories there are songs that they sang mm-hmm. um that were just part of their culture and stuff so yeah. I mean, all that whole that whole thing must have taken so much time and research and you know uh looking mm-hmm. into it i mean i'm sure that it's hard to have stuff like that published or you know like a reference book in an encyclopedia of mm-hmm. hobo lifestyle you know like you just don't do that that's i think why it took so long to write this book and she's right on it she There's so much information in this. And I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, It just, it was really great. Uh, There's a lot of uh, kindness in this story. This tale is really like kind. And it's sort of like a poem to the human condition in certain aspects. I felt Mm -hmm. like Um, just a little side note. This is Sarah. And when I read this book, I went on a date by myself with myself (laughs) so I went out and I went and ate and I took this book and I had some beer and I had a beer and I was reading it and it was like a really wonderful pairing like a date with myself having a meal you know with the beer and and just reading this book Mm -hmm. and it was just such a great combination there was a a setting to to this so for me it just Mm -hmm. um it was a perfect book to read at that time
1: yeah well reading the book there's all there's very much a lot about um uh, being honest with yourself, yeah, and like living living your best life, and uh <laughs> we've been reading a couple of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stories like that uh lately, but it's uh I definitely appreciated that aspect of it, and how she herself doesn't kind of romanticize the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. mom like uh like being homeless and stuff like that, and going around um uh like traveling Sweepy gets hungry she gets um um she gets quarrelsome and she gets cold and she's yeah. like and she's like sometimes i want to give up and in the story itself the person who takes her on rammy ramshackle i believe yes is, uh-huh. yeah um um who uh, takes care of her gets sick mm-hmm. and um uh and there's just um uh
2: it was a very sweet story it was um uh, their friendship definitely yeah. yeah um and their connection and relationship really developed uh-huh. throughout the story and it was very sweet
0: And not only that, like the things she actually learned from Remy, I think were, you know, lifetime lessons, Mm -hmm. you know, like never judge a book by its cover and like Mm. don't believe the gossip kind of thing. I mean, they didn't say it right out like that. I mean, he Mm -hmm. actually when he was teaching it to her, he kind of like let her from her own ideas and then, you know, gave him he gave her his ideas and then Mm -hmm. in the end they all fell into place and i think that's the best way of learning yeah Uh
1: those lessons and everything it was very it was very much uh kind of it didn't seem preachy Mm -hmm. or like very like like this is the moral of the story kind of thing it was it was it was kind of almost subtle in the way that Mm -hmm. it was
2: trying to deliver its message and i really like that about it I really like what you said, Jen, about how um, this story, it was about her discovering herself mm-hmm. and like living her mm-hmm. best life or the life that she wanted to live. Because in the the very beginning, when I knew I was going to love this book, it was the first couple of pages. The <gasps> oh intro yes. to the book um, shows uh, Soupy leaving her home. And it says, sometimes a house starts out one way. Filled with love and then something happens and suddenly you can't find the warmth no matter how hard you try. And then it basically has some panels showing that she has a black eye and she is leaving her home behind. And then one of the panels actually says, I'm leaving home. And then um, it shows her seeing the train and you can kind of see that she's deciding to leave and she's cutting her hair. And the last panel, the second to last panel uh, says, this is the story of how I became warm again.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of my notes said when I read this uh, was the first four pages mm-hmm. kind of made me cry. A little
2: yeah, bit. I to- it totally. So, I knew yeah. nothing about this character right, right. at all. Mm-hmm. But those first four pages hit me so hard yes. and mm-hmm. e- and it it really evoked a lot of emotion from me Mm -hmm, and there mm -hmm. and there was nothing I'm you know there nothing but those four pages for for me to Mm -hmm. to see of this story and the fact that I felt that way in the first four pages just set the stage for how much I actually ended up loving this book exactly same and I think
1: it's because in those four pages they captured a feeling that we all go through yes mm -hmm. that sometimes home is no longer home. Yeah, and we gotta move on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like, I felt that. I felt that. I was just like.
0: God damn (laughs) (laughs) if you don't have me feeling all sorts of ways (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: and there's actually some interviews with um, Cecil where she shares her very personal and intimate story of what she was going through when she wrote this book and she was actually um, in a very psychological and emotional abusive relationship and she was in the middle of leaving that Mm. Um, yeah and so she wow she talks about how a lot of those emotions um made it into this book yeah
0: yeah i could totally feel that
1: yeah you
2: can feel that
1: and it's just like and i i especially love the that about the comic book format is that sometimes like you can describe stuff with words with words and stuff like that but sometimes a drawing yeah as well like especially the comic book drawing itself, the comic book medium itself is well is well in representing that feeling Mm -hmm. and i i comic book writing create um uh, requires um uh, teamwork yes and so Mm -hmm. it's just it's Being able to convey that to someone else Mm -hmm. so that they can capture it in a picture, I think just makes that feeling more authentic.
2: Yeah. And actually, Jose was not the first artist that was attached to this. Um, The first artist whose name I don't remember actually uh, turned out to be Too Busy to continue working on it and so it was Dark Horse because she had already sold it uh, mm. to Dark Horse and so it was Dark Horse who connected her with Jose and oh my gosh I feel like it was meant to be yeah the the and he's also the colorist the entire book is different tones of sepia Uh huh. Yes. and that yeah. I love it it's just and it it really it really Sets speaks the to the decade that it was mm-hmm. written in, and really mm-hmm. captures, um, I think the um, the culture that was around uh, during that time, and just his his artwork as well is just so amazing. Um, uh, his period artwork for sure,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, the only parts where there's like uh, like splashes of color are during the times where they're having kind of like a a kind of a magical imagination when they're
2: dreaming the the Mm -hmm. fantastical element of the book is so like it's it when you're we're telling you about this story about this girl who ran away from home that you know it was abusive home and things changed and something happened and you know she didn't feel like she belonged there anymore um the fact that there's like this quote-unquote magic, dreaming, fantastical element doesn't seem like it belongs, but it's so perfect. Oh, absolutely!
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, during Christmas, like kind of like that meal, imagination, imagery of like food, like cake, ham, pies, uh, sausage, cookies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, I really like that dream quality of this book. It was really, um, it really set the tone for sure. Um, I I like. Um, the way they draw the faces mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of expression in them, even though uh, it's not like se- severely heavily detailed. there's a lot of expression and emotion in the characters' faces. So I thought that was great. So are we ready to write the book, or do you guys want to talk about your favorite parts? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mm. actually one of my favorite parts was the end when soupy when spoiler alert but ramshackle's <laughs> uh, sickness <laughs> um and i really liked that they they use the term going out west oh um, yeah. yes, me, i loved it death. too um that, well ramshackle went out west and he asked soupy to take all of um some personal items that he left because he left behind a wife and, and a daughter, a, a child, yes, uh, with and, a grandson, y- yeah, with a grandson. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the scene where she returns to his home and shares these things with him, with his family, and how they kind of like. Are like well, you know what, you know he's been dead to us right. and whatever. And I, I really liked that that particular scene wasn't um, like it, it wasn't made like oh everything was nice and mm-hmm. and everything yeah and they exactly. oh like, he's, like it, yeah, he's, he's forgiven yeah he's forgiven okay oh you know I liked that that it wasn't like that. But my favorite part was when she gave the um. The little, I want to say viewmaster, but it's not a viewmaster. Whatever the viewmasters yeah. were back
0: in the day, <laughs> that, that kind of like uh, what what are they like? Uh, not, not a telescope, binocular with the little uh, yeah. leg that you put a photograph and yeah. you can see mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. yeah,
2: and the fact that the grandson was able to pick it up mm-hmm. and. The fantastical elements that we saw in previous panels with the colors and everything started to emit from it with mm-hmm. him and that he was like um, he had his grandfather inside of him. Right. And that was so touching to me. I'm not going to lie, though, like throughout the entire book, I was like, there was a little bit of me that didn't really let me like Ramshackle as much as I wanted to, because I was like, "You left your freaking family at I home." Know, mm-hmm. I know, I <laughs> know,
0: I get that. I totally do. But I deadbeat dad. <laughs> but um, I guess it. You know, they also said something to the to the to the tune of, you know, sometimes you're like a rolling stone, mm-hmm. and like, you know, you mm-hmm. can't just. You wouldn't be living your true life yeah. if you stayed. But he had. But yeah, it made me a little mad that he established roots and then didn't see it yeah. through. yeah Yeah. and that's actually my favorite part was when he actually fell in love Mm -hmm. those were my Mm -hmm. favorite scenes because uh there's a different life that he had before he had the one that he um, pursued right so that just shows like a different facet of humanity or whatever and how people don't always feel like uh completely happy ever after with yeah. the family, you know?
2: We don't really get to see a lot of reasons why other beside other than soupy and a little bit of ramshackle of why what led people to go onto um this journey of their own and become transient and and become hobos. But one of the things that I found so interesting when I was reading some of the articles and interviews with <laughs> Cecil is that during the depression area there were many children that became hobos um, because they because things were so dire back in the day um, and there was not a lot of food to go around that they felt like they were burdens to their family. So they oh, just left okay. and tried to make it on their own and just do little odd jobs where they could to basically... Um, Provide for themselves, mm-hmm. and so she in her interview was talking a lot about it's not it's it's not something that's talked a lot about, but there was um, a lot of children that just uh, were part of these um, what were they called jungles? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. the hobo jungles. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, my favorite part of the book was when they were making the soup. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I was going to say that,
0: but then I forgot Go ahead. <laughs>
1: mostly because it reminded me of um, um oh God, it's not exactly in oh uh, a folk oh uh, well yeah um uh, a folk tale uh that I read as a kid called uh Hot Stone Soup
2: oh, I remember yeah. that oh,
1: that's right, yeah, and that's what i and i. I really like this about this book is the fact that it kind of mixes, like, tales yes. and folklore mm-hmm. a bit with, like, the, the tragedy of the 40s and the Depression era mm-hmm. and stuff like that and, like, her and her abusive home and how she finds family on the way and stuff like right. that. But I really liked... That story because I've always I've always liked folklore and folk tales especially Amuama um, right. uh, um, uh, stuff like that so when I was reading that I would, that's what it immediately reminded me of but like in in mo- instead of someone being tricked it's uh, a community right a community coming
2: together yeah to make something for everybody w- right the mm-hmm. what is it the sum of its the sum of its whole is greater than its parts <laughs> or something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that the Pythagorean
0: uh-huh. oh my. God. <laughs> oh my god, are we going into science? Because I don't science. <laughs> uh, that's math. <laughs> oh shoot, that's even worse.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like the. Um the sum total is more than the uh, than the individual parts right. something along mm-hmm. those lines and yeah that's what it reminded me is like everybody has something to contribute mm-hmm. kind of a message that it was going on in the
2: and uh, individually it might not seem like a big deal but when you put it together it's like this amazing thing mm-hmm. it makes an amazing meal mm-hmm. yeah. sort Absolutely.
0: of like us together <laughs> in this wonderful podcast i don't know about you too, but i'm amazing on my own <laughs> <laughs> wow oh my god Uh, so are we ready to rate this book guys yes all right let's do it
2: well this is Kristen, and i am giving this book the whole panaderia i loved it from like i said the first four pages i had been looking forward to it it spoke to the little hobo inside of me oh my god and (laughs) i am just i i can't say enough thing good things about it and I'm actually um it does say juvenile fiction. I'm trying to wonder like what age range I would um Tween. I would, yeah, um recommend yeah. it to. But it is just so good. The art is amazing. Um the story is amazing. It's just um I loved it. So yes, I give it the whole panaderia.
1: hmm Cool. Uh, I give it the three conchas and a cup of champurrado rating, uh, cause
2: it, I, I loved it.
1: It's, it, it, I think it was an amazing story, and it's definitely like, YA around there. Like, not like, not like too YA, but it's definitely mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. like, um, uh, all ages. It's yeah. in that tween area that's a little hard to nail, I guess. But she did a
2: good job with yeah. it. And I think that's her her. Sh- her strength she mm-hmm. writes a lot of tween uh type fiction she actually also wrote uh shade the changing girl yes i loved shade the Changing Girl. i did girl. too i did too and she wrote all she also wrote um uh,
1: the novelization for sh- uh, for a story for um uh, princess leia
2: oh yes oh. i saw that yeah Yeah.
1: and i um, uh, and i heard i've heard it's good mm-hmm. i haven't read
2: it yeah she was also in two punk bands well,
0: <laughs> yes, that's so cool. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> she really cool. Is a very cool person. Yes. Uh-huh. This is Sarah. And my rating is just like Jen's. It's Tres Conchas and A Cup of Champurrado. I feel like this is one of the books that I'm going to start um, my my nephew and my um, summer book club oh awesome so yeah we have these swings in the backyard that we're going to read our books under and then we're going to talk about (laughs) it so excited about that so yes this is definitely tres conchas and a cup of champurrado for me so that's our rating guys go pick up the book hooray indeed now it's time for on my radar this is sarah and on my radar is Neil Gaiman masterclass? He teaches the art of storytelling. <clears throat> oh, can, I heard about that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, you get all access uh, for either one hundred and eighty dollars a year. Access a to a all year? That's good. That's really yeah. cheap for all access classes or a single class for ninety dollars. It's about nineteen lessons. In his first well, uh, ever online classes, Neil Gaiman teaches you how to conjure up new ideas, convincing characters, and vivid fictional worlds. 100% exclusive. Enroll today and get access to video lessons and exclusive material. Learn at your own pace on mil- on a mobile or desktop.
2: That's awesome. So isn't that awesome? Um, like you can. That is
0: really cool. In this day and age, you can have Neil Gaiman teach you about storytelling. That's definitely on my radar, you know if you're an aspiring uh, comic book writer or story writer or anything like that, you can definitely benefit from this. I'm not getting paid to promote this, <laughs> I just am so excited that it's still gaming. <laughs> doing a master class. Uh, there's other master classes from other amazing people, like Carlos Santana is teaching about oh, uh, wow. Uh, wow. music uh-huh. uh, and guitar, and there's other people that uh, are doing master classes. So look into that, it's really amazing. I feel like um, getting like a one-on-one video mm-hmm. a tutorial on you know how to write uh, a good story, I think that's amazing. So that's on my radar.
1: Yeah, that's, that is awesome. That is really cool. Especially like I, I, don't think a lot of people realize just how prolific Neil Gaiman is. Like this guy what? is doing TV, yeah, um, uh, Broadway, mm-hmm. like plays, um, uh, movies, comics. He's done movie um, man, movies,
0: yes, um, uh, Coraline, yeah. I mean, movies
1: and I'm comics, else. novels, novels. Yeah. There you go, novels. <laughs> yeah, especially novel. Like considering that novels is a big thing, I can't believe I forgot <laughs> that. But um uh, but he's like he's very very prolific, and so like and maybe it's because we're in the creative sphere and still in the creative sphere, and that's why it's so much more interesting to us because mm-hmm. like if you ask the everyday person like do you know who neil Gaiman is the most likely answer is no or <laughs> if you ask them anything about like creators or like who creates your content most of them kind of don't care mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah um, yeah they just want the end product mm-hmm. but us as creators like seeing him and that he's doing something like this like getting a lesson from neil Gaiman, yeah. is like
0: like huge
2: yeah it, like, that is huge uh-huh.
0: most definitely i mean is the new omens coming out i mean yeah, good omens. Good omens. i good cannot omens. wait for that it looks oh, amazing i actually
2: was so excited about american gods but then it went to stars and i don't have Stop me neither i don't have <laughs> cable so i have never w- i watched the first episode because it was free online but that's it and uh. i tried to read the comic um but it was like whatever um but the, i loved the book and mm. i love good omens mm. and so i just can't i mean I mean, you uh, honestly. Sarah's the person who turned me on to <laughs> Neil Gaiman, as far as uh, his novels. Uh, the only thing I knew about Neil Gaiman was Sandman. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, Neil Gaiman. All he's all he's written is Sandman, and <laughs> I had no idea that he was a novelist <laughs> as well, or did all these things. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really excited about it, but I don't know if I'll have access to it.
0: Well, I'm gonna definitely give it a go, and I'll let you guys know. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get on at least one class and see how it goes (laughs) because uh i mean eventually like i want to write some kind of short story Mm -hmm. i mean i don't want world fame because you know i don't think i'm that good but i would love to you know contribute something out there and put it out in to the world so that's what's on my radar and i'm super excited about this
1: nice that's why i
0: write (laughs) i didn't know you wrote jen oh shit (laughs) (laughs) I want to read your stuff. <laughs> Why don't I know this information about you? I feel like I don't even know you.
2: <laughs> I, I used to write all the time. And yeah, I, I stopped yeah. in college at some point, I guess, because I was really busy doing mm-hmm. writing for that stuff. And I never went back. But I have my, I think we've talked about this. I have my my binders of all my old sad poetry. <laughs>
0: oh. <gasps> we, we should do like a poetry corner because I have sad dark poetry oh, as well. Okay. okay. I think
1: that'd be cool. Like uh, a little I'm, san- s- <laughs> I'm sorry. High school, I like, what? <laughs> what? What? what?
0: Yeah. I,
1: I've completely and utterly lost all those writings that aren't in the oh. binder somewhere at home. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I actually did a zine before I knew there were zines. Uh, oh, I didn't know God. that's what it was until I read Santa Susina. I'm like, wait, I made something oh, like this yeah. in high school. <laughs> I gotta find it. But yeah, it, I'm very excited about this yeah, poetry uh, corner now that... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been getting back into it. Like I, had, uh, in and like while I, while I, when I was still going in college, yeah, I, I wrote some short stories. That's how I got some scholarships, wow. and got um uh, published in some of the academic journals and stuff like that um so i've done that
0: <laughs> no she, she's so mad she got published and she's like i've done that and we're like we just write in our binder I mean, it's and we're like, all it's, <laughs> willing it's, to share it's, it's, it's Can't a binder i
2: carved it into my soul <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow that went dark but real like, fast
1: but yeah no like i've been i've been technically writing since um uh since elementary school i've just it's just something that i've always done and um, uh, I I stopped after a while um, uh, again in college because I got busy, depression and stuff like that. But I've been trying to get back into it, mostly with like original fi- original fiction, some fanfic. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> but i'm um, um but i'm trying to get back into the swing of things
2: i wish i knew the term fanfic when i was younger because i feel like i i could have really done something there <laughs>
0: <laughs> would that be erotic fan fiction like uh <sighs> like the stuff that uh what is her name from uh bob tina Spur- tina yeah. oh my god tina, yeah. the erotic <laughs> friend fiction <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen will bring us Juntos y Fuertes.
2: Yes. So when we were at the uh, La- Long Beach Comic Expo this last Oh, gosh, it's still been in February, so it was in February. (laughs) Um, There was somebody that came up to us that um, wanted to learn all about our podcast and did a little video, and he said that he gave us his card, and he said that he was from back in the deck, and his name, what was his name? His name was, this is, when he told me this, I was like, is are you for real his (laughs) name was solar gray so (laughs) i was like that's a cool name um but anyway he said he was from back in the deck and i didn't ask him at, at the time what does that mean but he explained to us that um he started this um i don't know movement i guess he called it um to so that other people who were part of marginalized groups didn't feel alone um, in their fandom. So whether you play Dungeons & Dragons or you read comics or you're a gamer or whatever, um, just because you don't see other people who look like you or because other people who are um, in your social circle don't do those things and talk down to you about it or you are not readily um, accepted into those groups don't let those narratives drive what you do if it's something that you like and his whole thing is you put those cards back in the deck because that is not your truth it is not your reality so what he does is he goes around and he um he kind of um, makes sure that people have access to information about where they are welcome. Um, he says he travels around the United States and he goes to gaming stores and to comic shops. And he has a list of shops that um, are
0: welcoming to marginalized exactly. groups. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was like, when I heard that, my little ears perked up, just like Chaffee. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, so he said that, that he's just... Too he's on a mission and so um, he has some videos up on um, YouTube and there is a website called backinthedeck.com and I just think that it's really an awesome thing for us to to mention on Juntos y Fuertes because he is a member of a marginalized group. He's a black man and he talked about how he kind of felt weird about some of the things that he used to like as a kid that mm-hmm. because he, he was ostracized for it sometimes by his family and friends mm-hmm. and And he didn't want anyone else to ever feel like that.
0: I like how he calls himself the cinematic sorcerer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And Uh his Twitter handle is at back in the deck. It's also uh, Instagram and Twitter at back in the deck
2: okay awesome so yeah check it out uh he was a really nice guy he actually did an interview with us and he said he was going to post it up and i tried to access it but it wasn't loading so if maybe we get a chance to um check it out and see if we can share it sure it yeah, definitely,
0: yeah. 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 So yeah, he's he's really amazing doing stuff. And um, the second day of the con, he came in in um, in cosplay, and I thought that was so cool. I'm like, oh, (laughs) you should have interviewed us when you were in cosplay. uh, (laughs) He's really amazing. He's so energetic. His energy is so positive, and he just exudes that to anybody he talks to. So we are so happy to share that information on Juntos y Fuertes. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. And where can they find us, girls? You can find us um, on Instagram at Comadresy Comics. Or on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Uh, we have a Gmail at Comics at gmail.com and a Snapchat, which I try to uh, put up events <laughs> that we're doing, but we never have uh, uh, internet where we
2: are. Oh, right my <laughs> God. <laughs> so our Snapchat
0: is always like a day late <laughs> and a month short, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, if you want to see what we've been up to. Um, also, saludos to Cafe con Leche Nerds. They're, uh, they've come back in full force oh, for yes. a little while. Uh, yeah. Under the weather. But we're glad they're feeling better. And we've seen all the content that they're dishing out. And we love it. So keep that going. A special saludos to ca- Cafe con Leche Nerds. And that has been our show. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. Bye. <laughs>